Hey, welcome back to another episode of Life's a Garden. Thank you so much for joining me, as always. Hope you are having a fantastic day. I hope you're digging life to its fullest potential. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Before we get into that, though, do me a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast. We're so close to 100 subscribers on YouTube. Let's get that number up there. Let's get up to 100. We're so close. And, uh, you know, follow for all future content. It really helps us out. And, uh, oh, what's this? Could it be two coffees at the same time? Oh, yeah. That's how you know we're going to have a banger of a show today. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, all the fuel. All the fuel. Hot and cold, bitter and sweet balance in our lives. So you better buckle up. Because it's episode 89 of Life's a Garden. Oh yeah, life's a garden, fueled by caffeine. I'm a caffeine, doubling up on the coffee game. I got to tell you, I am so fucking out of it today. It has been an absolutely exhausting weekend. Busy, busy. Um, so now more than ever, do, does the coffee need to be flowing? Um, I swear to God, the second I log off of this podcast, I am going to zonk the fuck out because I I just, I thought if I waited, I'd be all good to go today. Oh, fuck no, dude. So let me tell you about it. Okay. Let's start off with, um, our show cutthroat. Uh, we had our, our show on Friday. If you came out to that, thank you very, very much. Much appreciated. We always love seeing fans out. You guys were rocking, repping the merch. So much merch I saw out there. People that uh, had never seen us before showing up. Packed the place. Beautiful venue. I mean, just big shout out to Craft Local. Congratulations on what you've done. I know a lot of hard work went into making that place, turning it, turning it into what it is, and it's goddamn spectacular. If you if you haven't been there, if you haven't checked it out, go in check it out. Awesome venue. Um, it's it honestly might be the best venue we've played so far as of now, as far as just everything. It, beautiful stage setup. The sound was was very good. Uh, we got a lot of good compliments after the show, which, you know, much appreciated. Big shout out to the other bands one second ago, Mobskito. Thank you so much for playing alongside of us or, and, or allowing us to play alongside of you. You know, we're, we're all in this together. And, uh, that's such a cool thing too, is like, I've really noticed, and it's kind of been a thing that a lot of people have been talking about, at least in the music scene right now. It's crazy how, like together we all are we, we all support each other all the different bands and it never used to be that way when I was in high school it seemed like all the bands were just competing with each other hating on each other dissing each other you know two-facing each other they'd say compliments to their face and then go talk shit behind their back it was just always this like game to see who was better or it was just like this ego trip very egocentric is how the the music scene used to be and it really doesn't seem to be like that anymore. It's a lot more mature. A lot of it seems like all those people have grown up or gone away. And so many of the big bands in the music scene now are are just mature and and want the best for each other. We all work together, we all support each other. And that is going to lead to some pretty big things in my opinion. I think the Billings music scene, the Montana music scene, 
could very easily blow up to be something spectacular. Especially the fact of, you know, the pandemic, everything shutting down. Montana really didn't shut down. We thrived in the pandemic here as far as music goes. We were able to kind of jolt ourselves up the rankings quite a bit and just, like, become more noticed because we were some of the only bands playing. And so everyone else is a step behind in the rest of the local music scene around the country, around the world. I don't know. I might be just getting bolsterous, but if you ask me, I think the Billings music scene is about to be something to be recognized. And that's what we can hope for, you know. But anyway, uh, back to the show. Great show. Um, If you want to see any videos or pictures from the show, there's going to be a ton of them on our Facebook page. Go check out the Cutthroat Facebook page. Also, follow us on there. That would be much appreciated. But, uh, yeah, there's a ton of videos, a ton of pictures that are going to be uploaded on there that you can check out. Um, You know, so it's crazy. This was... This had to have been like our 10th or 11th show that we've played as a band. And I've played shows several times in the past. I've done karaoke. Like, I've done performances and things like that. I consider karaoke performing. You're you're up there on a crowd, you know, playing in front of a crowd, singing in front of a crowd. Um, And it's it, it still stuns me to this day that every time before a show... Local, you know, a band show, karaoke doesn't, I don't feel this way anymore hardly, but the day leading up to a show, I am just a fucking bundle of nerves because, and it's not even nerves of performing, honestly, it's like just everything else, like making sure that we're there on time, making sure that everything gets set up on time, you know, making sure we get everything, making sure we don't forget anything. It's just like the nerves of anything and everything potentially going wrong. But every time, you know, it's like every time it's always gone off pretty well, there's always some kind of hiccups here and there, but that's to be expected. But nothing dramatic. And somehow, someway, I can never convince myself that it's going to be okay. Let's, you know, it, it always works out in the end. And once I hit that stage game over like I I am comfortable on stage but everything leading up to that I'm just always a bundle of nerves and so you know I don't know if that ever goes away and I like it I like that I'm you know I'd rather be prepared and on my A game than overly confident and then flop so I guess it it doesn't hurt to be on edge because you're you're more focused in. But it's interesting to me that I've never been able to like shake that. But like I said, it's probably for the better. Everything went off really well. The, the, I will say this. Sound check took way longer than it needed to. I had my in-ear monitors, which I think I've mentioned on here before. Practice has been amazing having those that I've been able to listen and hear myself. Of course, I'm super stoked to have them for the show. It's going to make the show 10 times better. I'm going to be able to hear myself. Well, lo and fucking behold, my they, they couldn't figure out how to get my inners to work. And because the setup time took so long already, I wasn't going to sit, sit around and fuck around with it. So I just said, whatever, dude. I'll just go with... I'll just try and use the stage monitors, which, of course, didn't sound is good. I didn't, you know, I've heard the videos and sometimes it makes me sound like a fucking tone deaf, which kills me because I, we have such good practices coming up and it didn't sound terrible, I guess, but it would have sound better if I had those in-ears and I almost blew my fucking voice out halfway through the show. Like it was halfway through the show and I could feel my voice starting to crack because I'd been like projecting so hard, which I wouldn't have done if I had my in-ears so hopefully next time we can figure that out because that really sucked. I, I was really hoping to be able to use those because that's the whole point of having them is to use them, and I didn't. Whatever though. I mean, that was my only. That's my only grievance from the show. Everything else was great. A lot of support 
and much appreciated to everybody who came out. Thank you so much for that. And uh, follow us on our Facebook page. We got a YouTube channel. Check us out. Come come out to our next live show. Not sure when that's going to be, but hopefully soon. Uh, mm, 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 mm. Let's see. What else? Let's talk. Oh, I haven't had a chance to talk about the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. First off, let's talk about the game itself. It was a good game. Like, you know, there's nothing I can really say. It, from everything I've seen looking back on it, there was a lot of bad calls. As I, as I had mentioned a couple weeks ago, I really didn't care who won. Whether it was the Bengals or the Rams, it was all good to me. Rams end up winning. Now, Cooper Cup was the MVP, but if you ask me, it should have been Aaron Donald. I mean, he had the walk-off pressure that that stopped the you know that won him the game. He he was up in Joe Burrow's business all day. That was and and you know what? That was the one thing that I truly believed was going to be the make or break was whether or not that Bengals offensive line was going to be able to hold off that immaculate defensive line of the Rams. They did not. They absolutely did not. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, they allowed the most sacks in a Super Bowl or the most pressures in a Super Bowl. My boy Von Miller had two sacks, played amazing. Uh, as, as He has the best sack percentage in a Super Bowl of any player in NFL history. Two rings now for my boy. I got to love that. You know, I hate that LA fucking got a championship. The least deserving city in the fucking world to get a championship. But that team deserved it. Those, you know, I, I there's nothing more I can say about that. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, I like those guys. They deserved it. They played very well this year. Nothing makes me happier than to see Matthew Stafford finally get his opportunity. And like I said, my boy Vaughn, Aaron Donald definitely deserved it, of course. So, what do you do? I, I was rooting for the Bengals, and I and I like Joe Burrow. And they're, they're a young team. They're going to they gotta sure up that old line. They've got to uh, do a little, do a couple things on defense still. Other than that, though, they'll be around. As long as Joe Burrow's suiting up, they'll be around. So, don't you worry about that. Let's talk about uh, the other aspects of the Super Bowl that... Oh, well, actually, for, let me say this. Had the Super Bowl party at my friend Brandon's house. And uh, it was great. Kind of a small party. Not as big as what we've had in the past. But it was kind of nice. It was nice to have like a little relaxing. Best food spread I've seen at a Super Bowl party in forever. Like, my whole life of doing Super Bowl. That was easily the best food spread we've ever had. Which sucks that there wasn't a lot of people there to enjoy it, but we sure did. And I remember a few, like quite a few episodes ago, the after Thanksgiving, I told you how I was so full, I was damn near comatose. Exact same thing this time, dude. I was busting at the seams. I was so full. And um, so yeah, the party that we had was great. I had a good time. Uh, the halftime show. Okay, so a lot of people have been talking about the halftime show. But, like, I honestly don't really... I haven't rewatched it, and I, and I wasn't fully in on the... Like, when it was happening, I was, I was like half in, half out, kind of paying attention. Basically, from what I remember, it was just a blast from the past. Like, oh, is it 2003 again? It was a lot of just, you know... Really famous hip hop stars, rappers, that old school guys playing old school songs. Kind of how it's been, right? I mean, I guess not super recently, but it's like, you know, there was uh, there was the time when we were doing Paul McCartney and The Who, Tom Petty, and then like the last few years we've had, you know, Lady Gaga and. Adam Levine or Maroon 5, whatever, you know, more new school hip hop, things like that. 
it's LA, dude. The 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 game was in LA. LA is like a hub for hip hop and rap. It's a huge place for that. Oh, uh, the whole thing was like a big tribute to Dr. Dre and Tupac. That was ba- I mean, not really a tribute to Dre, but it was like a it was very centered around Dr. Dre. So it's like and I don't know if people are like bitching cuz it was like it was like politically whatever cuz they were all black. I don't know. Like, fuck that. Who cares, dude? It was Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Dr. Dre, Legends of the Game, dude. Eminem was there. They're, they were bitching that Eminem took a knee, like, as if that was had something to do with Kaepernick or... Uh, dude, they were playing Slim Shady. They were playing... The song that was going on was Dr. Dre or fucking whatever else. It wasn't the national anthem. You thought he was kneeing for that? I highly doubt it. And even if he was, I mean, it wasn't obvious that that was the case. If that's what in his mind is why he knelt, you wouldn't, there's no way you would know that because there was no reason to think that that was the case. And no, it's not my brand of music. I don't love that, that stuff, even though I knew most of the songs, but it was fine. Like it wasn't crazy as like last year what who was the what, the weekend last year that was fucking good it wasn't like overly produced it was pretty simple if you ask me they had a few like tricks here and there and if i i i didn't see this but i i thought i saw a little clip of it like afterwards where they showed like a thing of tupac that was pretty cool it was like he was on the roof of the stadium it was just like his back and it wasn't obvious that it was Tupac, but it was pretty... It was kind of, like, implied that it was. So, I don't know. Fuck it, dude. It was fine to me. Everyone's, like, up in arms about it. And then you got all the people that are, like, talking about how 50 Cent is fat. Like, that was the big meme that came out of it, that he's fat. Uh, the guy's 40-something? And he's not even that big? Like, he's... he's he just looks like a normal 40-year-old man. I don't understand. Uh, he's, yeah, he's not cut like he was when he was 20. What's to be expected? All these fat motherfuckers out here posting memes. You hang upside down f- for a whole verse of a song. That ain't easy. But whatever. That was like the whole meme that came out was that 50... Because there's always a meme, right? From the, from the halftime show. And I guess that was the one this year. Weak. That was weak. He looked fine. Everything sounded fine. Everything went off fine. I didn't care. The halftime show was whatever. And honestly, the Super Bowl halftime shows aren't hardly shit anymore. And I don't really care. You know what else isn't shit for the Super Bowl that I can say? The commercials. The last, I don't know, five years? Maybe even more? Ten years? At least the last five years. Super Bowl commercials have been absolute garbage. I remember the days when Super Bowl commercials actually were pretty funny or like exciting or or something, you know, they they brought something to the table. Fucking hell. That was this year sucked ass. There there was maybe one commercial that made me laugh. And the, and there was only one commercial that made me actually like, "Whoa!" and it was the Sopranos one because I'm listening to I've, I've been watching the Sopranos. So I heard the Sopranos theme song and it's uh Jamie Lynn Presley and and uh, Rob Eiler on there driving a truck. It was a fucking Silverado commercial. So whatever on that. But that was the only one that even got me, like, my eyes on the screen. There was a couple that made me chuckle, but nothing to write home about. And then you got these people that are always like, I only watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Hey, guy. Get a personality. If you're the guy that's... I only watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. You're boring. Especially now, because the Super Bowl commercials suck. What are you watching the Super Bowl for the commercials for? There's nothing to watch. If you're not watching the Super Bowl for the game, step out. Step out. You can watch the commercials afterwards anyway. Fuck off, dude. That's so annoying. 
I watched the Super Bowl for the commercials only. I remember hearing that so much growing up, too. I don't really hear it so much anymore because I only hang out with people who watch sports and enjoy f- real sports. Actually watch the game. But, yeah, the commercials sucked ass. There wasn't anything worth a damn on those. Um, and then, of course, we have our final talking point when it comes to the Super Bowl. No, okay, so, as I mentioned, and as we know, of course, Super Bowl was in L.A. L.A. being the biggest proponent of mask wearers and mask mandates and locking people down and making sure that you can't eat inside at a restaurant where several local businesses have had to go go under because they weren't allowed to have people in their restaurants unless you had, uh, had a vaccine or had a mask or blah, 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 blah. But if it's the Super Bowl where, I don't know, 80,000 people have gathered in one condensed area and nobody was wearing a mask at that. And Lottie fucking Dodd, the world didn't stop. Now, it's not the common man that matters in this scenario. That doesn't matter. What matters is the amount of celebrities at the game, The Rock, who also, I should mention, how Hollywood was this fucking Super Bowl. The most overly produced Super Bowl I've ever seen. You got The Rock out here doing like a fucking intro before the kickoff. Start the fucking game, dude. Who flipped the coin? I don't even remember who flipped the coin. I don't even remember, honestly. But, oh, it was some like... Ah, oh, fuck. I, I, I know who. It was some like activist thing. So, yeah, it was politicized. There was a lot of politicizing there, too. Um... The halftime show, though, fuck. I, I didn't look at that as, like, a political statement. Maybe it was. I don't know. But I didn't care. Anyway, overly produced. You got The Rock there, who's this fucking soy boy cuck when it comes to the politics side of everything. Of Like most. And it's not his fault. It's none of these actors' faults, okay? I'll say that. They're just a product of the system because they got to play ball in Hollywood if they want to keep their jobs and keep their fucking uh, fame and Twitter accounts and, you know, not get canceled. So they got to play ball. And some of them might truly believe in these things and some of them might not. Hence why The Rock defended Joe Rogan and then took it back. But of course, you know, he's got to be like a proponent of masks, wearing masks. Oh, but he was right there in in the center of it all. No mask. You got fucking LeBron James walking around no mask. You got, like, you name it. It was the who's who of who at the fucking Super Bowl of celebrities. Not a goddamn single one of them seen wearing a mask. And these are all the fucks, all the fuck nuts out here that are like, wear your mask. Oh, but you're fucking a murderer if you don't wear your mask. Are you vaccinated? Meh. You know? And yeah, sure, maybe all those guys were vaccinated. But then the whole point was they said you gotta wear a mask if you're in a condensed space in Los Angeles. Hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is so in your face, it's fucking sickening. I mean, these are the, like I said, these are the same people who are just like destroying Joe, like just like rolling over Joe Rogan for all of his stuff, which I also haven't even talked about the, the more recent, this is old news at this point, but I haven't even talked about the newer controversies with Joe Rogan that being a compilation video coming out of him saying the n-word um and then you got guys like The Rock who supported Joe on the previous one with Neil Young the previous controversy and then somebody brought out that 
that N-word compilation. And The Rock totally backed down, even though he didn't understand the whole context of, the, of that. Now, don't get me wrong. That's a little bit of a harder one to defend Joe on. I'll say this. Absolutely, he was wrong to do that. And if you saw his, uh, I wouldn't even call it an apology video. I would call it an explanation video. And yeah, he said, that was stupid. I fucked up. That was wrong. I, I know that that's not good. And when I said those things, it, I was saying them like whatever was said, it wasn't being said to somebody or about somebody or to hurt somebody. Or it was, it was basically like as if he was reading, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and defend the whole thing. That's his job to defend himself for that. And I think he did a damn good job of doing so. But you don't think that all that was a political hit job? Or, or, or maybe not a political hit job, but, but just a hit to try and further destroy Joe Rogan? That compilation has been out for years. I've, I saw that a long time ago. And it just so happened to come up right after one other controversy with him. Oh, and it just so happened to come up in the month of February, which happens to be Black History Month. What a dink! But as usual, Joe Rogan bouncing back because he's untouchable. Spotify sticking by him. Dude, the amount of support that guy got from so many people, so many black people, athletes. I mean, he works in the UFC with, he, he's been around and worked with so many African-American or Nigerian, like uh, Israel Adesanya and uh, Kumaro Usman, Francis Ngannou. These are guys that he's had on his podcast, talked with. Uh, sees all the time at UFC events. They're all backing him up and saying, I know this man. I know that he's not racist. But even with all that, it doesn't matter how much support you get, how much you explain yourself, how much you apologize, or this and that. It's never good enough. It's never good enough for, for the mob. Because that's not the point. The point is just to throw you through the mud and try and get you out you it's such an obvious hit to try and ruin his reputation or try and get him deplatformed it's it's so in your face obvious and so we continue to discuss the hypocrisy of it all because it's okay for some people to do that but not others, right? If somebody fucks up and says something that was wrong or does something that was wrong, depending on the scenario, depending on the, the uh, whatever that particular subject may be, there's never, for, like, you're forgiven or you're given second chances if your ideals, your policies, your uh, agenda lies in the right hands. If it's on the correct side, then then you're, you're exempt. Take Whoopi Goldberg, for example. Somebody who just recently had a controversy of her own said uh, something about the Holocaust, which is a big, big no-no. No, no, no. You can't say... You don't ever you know, use the Holocaust as some kind of stance or whatever, whether, it, you know, if it's a negative stance on the Holocaust, which she said it wasn't racially motivated. So you have two big no-nos. You're talking about race and you're talking about the Holocaust. And absolutely it was racially motivated because, well, she said it wasn't because uh, the Jews were white. Well, I have two things for you, Whoopi. One, Jewish is a race or it's, you know, it's a, it's a people. It's a, I know it's a religion, but it's also like a type of person, like being, uh, Israeli or being Jew, Jewish is like a race thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dumb when it comes to this shit, but also, Hey, guess what? 
White's a race, too. I know people don't like to mention that because it's just not the right thing to say. But white is a race, too. Anyway, so she said her piece. She she did get, you know, slapped around a little bit for it. They, she There was controversy. And people, you know, she had to do her little apology circuit. But she was given a second chance. Everyone was like, well, you know, the, the, the powers that be or, you know, the media powers that be that control all that stuff and make it so what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say. They exempted her. They just give her a little slap on the wrist. You know, bad girl. We're gonna we're gonna suspend you for a little while, but you'll be back at it. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry your pretty little head. Um, how about the president? The president of the United States. He said the N word. Now he didn't say er. He used the old fashioned one. You know, uh, I'm not gonna say it, but the more older fashioned thing. While he was president. Let's not forget, like, forget the whole crime bill thing. Back when he was just a a senator. Um, which he referred to uh, urban black people as, I don't remember, he called them, like, apes or something like that. I don't, I, I, that's, I, don't quote me on any of that. But he said something to the effect of them being, like, uncivilized or some shit like that. Um, which was not good. And then recently, as he's wearing the presidential seal, referred to the baseball league that was the N-word baseball league. And he said that. And it is written in the Constitution, or maybe not the Constitution, but it's written somewhere in law that no political figure is to refer to in any way, shape, or form the N-word, whether that be, you know, in any facet. And it's straight up writes out that you're not allowed to say those words. You ever hear about, did you ever hear about that? Was that ever a, a, a story of controversy that he had said that? Maybe for a blip, but not enough to still be talked about. If Trump had said that, oh my God, the media storm that would have rained down hell upon him. But God forbid, old white Joe Biden, who just so happens to be part of the blue party the enemy old white male who's the head of your party said the n-word and y'all didn't do a fucking double take but but joe rogan and now, now don't, like i said i'm not defending joe for saying this word in no way shape or form I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy of it all. The, the amount of people who do and say bad things that are, you know, frowned upon, not socially acceptable in today's climate. But if you're towing the right line, just a little slap on the wrist for you. And don't worry, like you're you're we're going to we're going to pretend to be mad at you. And then we'll just we'll just stop talking about it, and everybody's gonna forget about it. But if you're somebody of any f any sort of uh, threat or or opposition to the to the party line, that being the left, oh, it's hellfire and brimstone raining down upon you, and they're not gonna shut the fuck up about it because that's just how it is. It's okay for some people, but not others. And, uh, it's, I was having this conversation with my brother last night and I've said this before on here, media, corporation, and politics are all one in the same. They're the whole, they're the unholy trinity of greed, corruption, and 
fucking uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is control I guess or manipulation yes they're the unholy trinity greed corruption and I just said it and I fucking forgot it again (laughs) coercion or whatever and so they all work together in the same way. They're all, and here's the thing: all those things, they don't care about you. They don't like whatever you think that their agenda is or whatever. It's all just a ploy because they care about the same thing, and that is money. And you know what I've come to realize about about politicians, especially now more than ever. Politicians are literally. They're, they're narcissistic in the way that they want so desperately to be celebrities, but they have no talent to do so. They're talentless narcissists that want more than anything in life to be a celebrity, but they, they, they can't act. They can't, they're not athletic. They're not fucking, uh, musically inclined they're they're no there's talentless narcissists so the only way and they're not stupid though that's one thing that they're not they're not stupid because you have to have some level of intelligence to kind of be in politics i know it doesn't really seem like it on the outside but theoretically yeah you got to have a little bit of brains and you definitely have to have a level of greed you have to have the brains the smarts and the uh, greed aspect of a CEO or a corporate mogul, but you can't have the work drive. You gotta be, you gotta have the laziness of not wanting to be able to start a business or be a CEO. And then, and so you take both those things and where do you find yourself? Politician. You gotta be a level of smart. You gotta be a little level of crafty and greedy and fucking manipulative. And you got to be a narcissist. Because every politician, all they ever want is to be seen. That's it. They want to sell books. They want to fucking... Uh, look, at, look at like AOC and the... What do they call themselves? That uh, the, the crew or whatever? The, the clan? I don't know what they fucking call themselves. Like the boss bitches of fucking politics. Who gives a fuck? Um, it's all—it's a gimmick. It's like WWE. Like, oh, this is the fucking four horsemen or whatever. The four horsewomen. Oh, this is DX, Degeneration X of politics. We, we got a crew. We got like a group and we have a name for them. AOC, she's got a nickname. You know what I mean? All, all these, I mean, Trump, Biden, Obama... All these guys, they're selling merch. Never before. I think the first time was Obama. It started with Obama, and then it went to Trump. Biden, not really as much, but even still, yeah. There's merch. Never before that had you ever seen like somebody walking around with a fucking uh, Reagan shirt. Maybe, I guess, but it's more like now. Back then, not so much. A George W. Bush, you didn't, there wasn't like a shirt with his face on it that said Bush, tw- you know, 20 or 2000, whatever. Yeah, I think it was 2000. Yeah, it was 2000. You didn't really see that. I mean, you still had the little posters or whatever that you always see, but they're, they're merch moguls now because it's all about fame. Now, granted, Trump was already a celebrity before he became president, so that's already kind of there and then Reagan was also a celebrity and honestly the first time the president kind of like achieved celebrity status I was thinking about this had to have been JFK because up until then there was like a there was a little bit more of a uh, prestige to the presidency the office of the president and 
you look back at some of the older presidents before that, and it was just like, they, that's just what they were. They were just a president. They weren't anything that special. It wasn't like, the, yeah, I mean, they were a figure, like a popular figure, but they weren't like c- celebrities going on Johnny Carson or, or whatever night show or like on the TV all the time. But JFK was kind of the first real like celebrity president. And then, you know, there was a few here and there that weren't and blah, blah, blah. But it just increasingly kind of started getting more that way. Reagan was a big one, celebrity president. And then even Bush kind of became that. And a lot of that came from this, you know, it became more acceptable to do satire of them, SNL. uh, It became, they just became more popular in media and that's where i'm saying hollywood media fucking politics corporations it's all blended together it's all one in the same it all kind of works in the same way so now you got all these politicians out here that are just soaking up the fucking hollywood rays that they're they're soaking up the camera light the limelight because that's what they want. They just want to be seen. Every every politician, or every president, I should say, after they have left office, vice president, president, whatever, they go on to write books, they go on to do documentaries, they go on to do this and that and blah, blah, blah. Al Gore, you know, Bush. They, they do all these, like, tours of, like, speeches or what the fuck ever. It's just a game. It's just all... It's all Hollywood, dude. It's all Hollywood. And it never used to be that way. And that's probably why politics are so fucked up right now. Because they're narcissists. They're greedy. And they're... They're fucking talentless. And that's just that. That's just that. And that's not just the president. It's all of them. It's all of them. They all want that now. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. Did you, and okay, speaking of politics, do you see this whole thing? I, I don't know if you saw this. This was in uh, apparently in San Francisco. They just started. Uh, this is why I say you know take it with a grain of salt when I say that they're smart because they're not always that smart. They say some pretty dumb shit or try and pass some dumb fucking policies. Such as, in San Francisco, apparently, their solution to the homeless problem is to have average citizens open up their doors and let the homeless stay with them. It's like they were just, oh, this Airbnb thing is kind of working out for for uh, people. Why don't we just make people do that? For the homeless, rather than spending our millions and millions of tax dollars that we rake in every year from this, from from California, that's the highest uh, taxed state, yet they don't have enough money to figure out the homeless program or the homeless situation. So they're gonna rather than building homes or or figuring out a solution to the homeless situation, we'll just give subsidies to. Average citizens to open up their doors to the homeless. Because that's not insane at all. Because clearly the homeless are the most, you know, lucid, of mind people, right? That's why they're homeless. It's because they're, they're not fucking bonkers. In fact, let me tell... I got a story for you, Okay. I had a little run-in with a fella just a couple, like a, a week ago. Okay, so check this out. Um, me and my friends from work, we went down to Hooligans to have some food and drinks. And we're just chilling there. And this was before last weekend because I... Um, it was before the UFC fights. It was before UFC 7, whatever it was. 270. Anyway, or 270. Anyway, so um, I go over to the betting machine to see what the what the odds were, what the line was on uh, the fights. So I'm standing there. I'm checking 
to see what the payout would be and this and that. And all of a sudden, I get a little tap on my shoulder. And it's like, excuse me, sir. And uh, I turn around. And it's this actually pretty well put together guy. Had a nice coat on. Like a, a, a He wasn't disheveled. He wasn't like dirty. He wasn't, you know, whatever. He, he, he didn't look like a street person. And so my first thought immediately in my head is like, oh, he's going to ask me about the the machine, how to use the machine, how to, um, like, what, what the bets are, you know, this and that. That was my first instinct. And uh, he, he says to me, do you think, uh, is there any chance maybe you could help me in getting some food? And so I'm immediately thrown off because, like I said, this guy looks like he's pretty well put together. And so my go-to, okay, when it comes to homeless people, or not, not just homeless people, but people in general that just ask you for money. Because I've been asked for money by com- people who look like they're completely, you know, normal. And, tip- and uh, it's hard. It's a hard situation to be in because I want to be charitable. I want to be giving but I've seen how that goes sometimes. I've been swindled out of money before. So my go-to typically is, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash on me. That's just what I say. I say, I don't have any cash on me. Sorry, bud. And I'm always nice about it. Um, so he asks me, like I said, uh, do you, any chance you could help me with some getting some food? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, brother. I don't have any money. He says, yeah, I mean, I'm not looking for money, man. I just want some food. And so I'm like, I don't even have my wallet on me, which was a lie. And I feel bad about that. But I was just like, you know, I don't have any money. And so he's like, man, that uh, I've just been, he's like, I'm not from here. I'm from, I think he said South Dakota. He's like, I'm trying to get back home and. I came here for something. I don't even remember what it was. But he's like, and then I don't have any cash. I don't have any money to try and get back home. I'm trying to get a hold of my family to help me out and blah, blah, blah. He goes, uh, is there anywhere that you think I can go to get some help? And I was like, I was trying to give him some advice, some some off, you know, places he could go, the the shelter or, you know, Habitat for Humanity or whatever. You know, I was just trying to give him some some direction. And then he and then he says to me, then he says, "Yeah, man, the military, they fucking I got mercury poisoning when I was in the military. They injected me with lead and mercury, so now I got lead and mercury poisoning, so I'm literally just dying. My body is deteriorating. I'm I used to be totally look different, and now I've changed how I look and and uh this and that and Starts talking to me about how, you know, everyone's, you know, the government's watching you on their, on your phones and people aren't this and that, you know, 5G and all this shit. And so my brain goes, oh, this dude is completely out to lunch. And so me being, I'm me being, I have this nasty disposition of being too fucking nice sometimes so i'm sitting there i'm listening to the guy he's telling me all this crazy fucking shit about how you know just going off on different tangents about like spirituality and the government and you know this and that how he's trying to find his way in the spiritual world and Find his like his roots back to his ancestors. All this crazy shit, okay? And I'm being polite. I'm sitting there talking. You know, I'm just kind of talking to him and like basically just nodding at this point. Like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And there's a couple guys that walk by and he asks them for money and stuff. like, Or he asks them for, to help him with food. And they are like absurdly rude to him. Like, I can't say, like, I couldn't be that way. Even, even to a crazy person or to a, you know... An asshole. Well, maybe do an asshole, but he wasn't being an asshole. This guy was generally just like fucking out to lunch. And like some of the people were like, 
Go stand outside with a fucking sign or go get a job. You look like you, you know, he's like, you got nice clothes on. Go sell that shit. I'm like, that was fucking rude. I couldn't have said that. Like, I, I have this, I just can't be mean. Like, I just can't. I, I'm too sympathetic to people. Now, did I help the guy? No, because he was nuts. And the first sign that I was like, I could possibly be in trouble right now was he was standing there like arms crossed or whatever and I looked at his knuckles and both of his hands were all fucking scraped up like he had just gotten done fighting or that he had recently been in a fight because his knuckles were all scraped up. So I'm like, huh, there's a potential that I could be in some trouble here. So anyway, I I basically end the conversation. I'm like, hey man, I got to get back to my group. Sorry, I can't help you. I'll be praying for you. Hope you find your way. Peace out. So I leave. We go separate directions. He goes his way. I go my way. Later in the night, I went to the crystal and I had mentioned to the people working there about this guy. And they said, oh, yeah, he was just in here, like asking for stuff and blah, blah, blah. We, he's like, I gave him a bottle of water and I gave him some jerky sticks and sent him out on his way. Well, they got word that he went over to the pub station, or not the pub station, the brew pub, and somebody did buy him a meal. And when the server brought him his meal, she had like a tattoo on her hand of a snake or something like that. And he flipped the fuck out, thought that she was a witch and casting a spell on him. And so he threatened to murder everybody in the building. That's the guy I had a conversation with for 15 minutes. So your boy had the intuition enough to know this guy's trouble. Not only, and I just kept him calm the whole time I talked about talked to him. I was being polite. I didn't want to set him off or nothing because I knew this dude's not all there. Sure enough, he wasn't. And these are the people that... San Francisco wants you to let into your homes. These are the people running our country. Not the brightest colors in the box, would you say? Lord. That whole thing had me shook. It was an interesting little uh, experience that I had that night. (laughs) To say the least. And I was like, I literally was like looking around every corner, making sure I didn't spot him because he was going to come talk to me some more. He was all telling me, yeah, man, I feel a connection with you, man. Like your good energy, your energy, your aura is so good. And I I just, I had a feeling about you right away. And I was like, "Uh, please don't have that feeling. (laughs) I wish you didn't have that feeling. But. That was my recent experience. He didn't seem like a homeless person. I don't know that he was. I think he was just crazy. No, I don't think he was crazy. He clearly was. So that, yeah, that was that. Uh, Let's see, a couple more things let's talk about. Um, Okay, so there was this documentary that came out apparently. I didn't, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Called the Tinder Swindler. Um, apparently, this documentary talks about this guy who's like basically scammed all these women out of money. And how he did that was he posed like he was rich, but he, okay, so he was rich. Basically, he would scam these women out of money, buy a bunch of like expensive shit. And, like, live this lavish lifestyle. He would bring them out. They'd go out on his yacht. They'd, he, they would fly private. See his, like, fancy cars. This and that. See that he was legit. And had, like, he, he, he had this, like, basically uh, lavish lifestyle. But he wasn't anything. The way he was making his money was by scamming people. Scamming women. Uh, he must have started slow and just built it up. I don't know how... I don't know the whole details of it all. But the way he would scam them is he would say, I'm in a bad way. I've got, you know... I got... Uh, I owe some money to some people or something like that. I, like a couple... Like millions of dollars. 
So clearly, I don't, I don't know how these girls had all this money, but he's like, I'm, if you, if you loan me this money, I will pay you back double or something like that. Uh, these are all just things I've heard based on this documentary or based on what people have said about it. And then he would just steal their money and never pay them back. I don't know much more details about it. That's just what I understand. And while I am 100% never in favor, I'm not. I'm not in favor at all. People who steal. I hate fucking thieves. I hate liars. Even though I lied about not having money to that guy. But I hate thieves. I hate scam artists. I've, I've almost been scammed several times from Tinder or from, you know, women, fake women or fake profiles, things like that, when I was younger and kind of stupid. But here, that's just kind of it, right? Most of the time, the scam artists are women scamming guys. That typically seems to be the case, more often than not. Because guys are easily scammable from pussy. Because that's what guys want. Women can easily scam men because they're hot or they they um, give the, they offer them the uh, it's 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 sex you know it's they they their offer to the the thing that the men want out of the whole situation is sex or relationship or whatever usually it's sex so that's how most women or fake guys. That's how guys get scammed, is women and and sex and that. And it's come it's very clear that if a woman is going to get seduced and scammed, it's not as much a sex thing as much as it is a money thing. So the seduction of men is sex. The seduction for women is money. Now, if you're a woman or a hardcore feminist or something like that, you probably didn't like what I just said, but it's true. And that's not to say that women don't like an attractive man. Attraction is a lot. It means a lot. But dollar signs mean a lot. That's there's a reason that you see that gold digger is a term, or sugar baby is a term. That's why I mean it's not un. I don't like saying all women. Because not all men are seduced by pussy. Most of them are. It's that, now, let me be clear. That's why most of the time men are scammed. Because they're more often seduced by women. It's easier for them to be seduced by women. I'm not saying women are easily seduced by money. But I think that's the seduction of women over sex. It seems to be the case. That's why you see a lot of young, attractive women hooking up with older, rich men. Not attractive men. It's not so much a thing anymore, I don't think. It kind of used to be more... Quite a few years ago. Uh, You don't see it as much anymore. But this documentary kind of shows that that's the case, right? And in my mind, in some facet, I'm kind of like... Hey, score one for the guys. They, hey, I'm not all for, I, I'm all against scam artists. But it's kind of nice when one of your own gets one for the team. He got one over on the women. And I'm not happy about it. But I'm not, I'm not happy when the guys get scammed either. So it's nice to see that guys are capable of it. If that makes sense. <laughs> And I don't truly mean that, but it's just a joke. And I could be completely wrong when I say that about the seductions of humans. I think men are easily seduced by money as well. So, but that's not what is typically used to seduce them in scam cases. Um, last bit of, let's see, the last... bit of business that I need to talk about here before we wrap it up here. So I 
have a bit of a problem. I've got an issue that I need to get off my chest. <sighs> so, recently, I have been eating a little bit cleaner. I've been working out every day. Finally. I finally got back on the horse. Um, and, of course, you know, adding to the workouts, I've been eating relatively better. Not eating fast food as much. Not eating sugar. More healthy. I've been eating more healthy foods. Cooking for myself a lot more. And so what tends to happen when you do that, whether you're going from a clean diet to a junk food diet or vice versa, when you're going from one set diet to the next, your bowels kind of forget how to work. It's like a recircuit. And what ends up happening, either way, is you start having bad bowels. Bowel movements, aka diarrhea. It's it's gross, but it's it's a fact. If you've ever done it, it's a fact. You start your bowels start getting a little loose. And the problem I've been having is, and I and I'm not pleased to be stating this for public consumption. But it is rather interesting and at least entertaining. I have been waking up thinking that I've just shit myself. I've been having phantom sharks. You know how sometimes you jolt yourself awake because you think that you're, you're, you're having a dream that you're falling off a cliff or maybe you're dreaming that you're pissing and you think that you peed the bed. Like you wake up like kind of checking yourself, make sure you didn't p piss the bed. Um, things like that. Like you, you jolt yourself awake. Well, what I've been doing is jolting myself awake Thinking I've shit my pants. I literally have like, it's a phantom shart. Because I never, I, none of those times have I thought that I shit my, like, did I actually shit myself? It, it, I don't know if I, if I'm farting in my sleep and the consistency of the fart is tricking my brain into thinking that I've just, blasted my pants but that's what my brain signals me so I wake up startled thinking I just splattered my dinner all over my bed and in my shorts and so of course I'm like kind of wiggling around to see if there's anything down there and sometimes it's a little cold so I'm like oh fuck I did so then I gotta get up waddle into the bathroom, sit down, do a security wipe, and there's nothing there. Every time. This isn't a nightly thing, but it's it's common. It's been common the last couple weeks. And it's a problem. I need it to not happen anymore. I need this to stop. Because if you've ever been awoken... By a phantom shark, it's not a fun experience. Thank God I live alone because there would be nothing more embarrassing than that if I thought I shit my bed with someone else in it. It's rather horrifying. I don't recommend it, that's for sure. So if you have any... Uh, if, 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 you, if you could, just keep me in your thoughts and your prayers. <laughs> Pray that I don't continue to uh, have this experience because I don't, I don't enjoy it. Now, I would enjoy it a lot less, or I would enjoy, yeah, I would, in, I would increasingly not enjoy it if I actually was shitting myself awake. But for now, 
Let, let's just. Keep, I'd rather it be phantom shards than real shards. Let's just put it that way. Either way, let's hope it stops, because it's not fun, but it is a little funny. So that's why I wanted to share it. It's embarrassing, but funny. And it'd be more embarrassing if I really was doing that. Anyway, I hope that made your day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And, um, yeah, thank you all for listening. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do all that. Go listen to previous episodes. Subscribe, you know, I I already said that. But go check out the band page. Um, Yeah, man, just everybody have a great week. Stay positive. Stay motivated. Uh, Keep on keeping on, baby. Because there's one thing for certain that we know. Life's a garden. Dig it.